Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everybody, to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go. To, let's open up in, with a word of prayer. Uh, continue to remember each other. Continue to remember the lost. Continue to remember all the sick. Continue to remember our churches. Um, that God will bless them and, and he will move in a way to where that they will stay open and, and keep bringing the message and people will uh, start gathering back in the churches the way that we used to. Uh, I know internet is good. When they kept us out of the churches, it was good. But now then uh, we're starting to be able to gather back in the churches and and we all need to go back and to our uh churches our home churches and we need to back them in every way that we can uh, but let's continue to pray for them that god will just move in a great way in our churches our kind and gracious loving heavenly father god i just thank you for this day i thank you god for your blessings i thank you lord for for every wonderful gift that you have given us for leading guiding directing us keeping us safe dear god just giving us ability dear god to do the things that we have done today. Now, God, I just pray, Lord, that you just be with each and every one of the lost, dear God. Lord, that you would just, God, just continue to convict their hearts, dear God, and send someone, Lord, that they may say something or do something, dear God, that, Lord, that they will give their heart and life to you before it's eternally too late. God, just bless him and just, Lord, I ask, God, that you would just take every lost soul, dear God, and just let this put open their spiritual eyes and let them see into hell. Let them see the people. Let them see the flames. Let them hear the screams. Let them smell the smells, dear God. Lord, and let them know that it is real. It's just not a fairy tale place, but it is a real place that, Lord, that we need to stay away from. And God, just continue to be with all the sick, Lord. Just touch them. God, no matter what it is, Lord, there's, there's a lot of sickness going around today. God, the, the coronavirus, the stomach virus, different things, dear God, and different uh, ones. And then, God, I ask, Lord, that you would touch each and every one of them. Lord, your word says, by your stripes, Jesus, we were healed. And God, we claim that healing in the name of Jesus for each and every one that is sick. Lord, I ask now, dear God, that you would just take, touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God. Lord, give me the words to say, dear God, and help me to bring out the message, dear God, that you have for each and every one so that someone may be lifted up or someone may be drawn closer to you and someone may be helped along the way. Lord, I just praise you and I glorify you and I thank you for everything. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen, amen. We are in Joshua chapter 10. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, 10, not 11. Uh, we are still trying to get everything together, still trying to figure out if we're going to serve the Lord or if we are going to follow after every other God to be thought of. Uh, we're still trying to figure out just exactly, I guess, who we are and, and what's going on in the world and, and what we're supposed to be doing. And and we we do all this stuff uh, of our own accord. We don't ask the Lord to help us to do all this stuff. 
you know, um, there's things in our, in our lives that we really, really need to sit down and ask the Lord, Lord, is this what that you want me to do? Uh, I know I I have a, a, a lot of times I have a lot of thoughts about different things going on in the world, uh, about maybe about something that I would like to do or something that, uh, um, you know, that uh, really appeals to me. And uh, I have a lot of thoughts like this, and and sometimes I get those thoughts mixed up, uh, and then I have to ask the Lord to um, give me a sign of something that uh, I will know for a fact that it's him and, and not just me. And, you know, like I, we was talking with Gideon a uh, couple episodes back and, and the fleece. You know, I, I have to put out a fleece to the Lord every once in a while because uh, Lord, is it my mind? Uh, is it uh, just what I'm thinking, or is this really you? So you know, we need to we need to um, we need to turn it over to the Lord and let the Lord show us exactly what it is that He wants us to do. But verse ten, Tola, and after Abimelech there arose to defend Israel, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Ishkar. And he dwelt in Shemar, Shemir, in Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty and three years, and died, and was buried in Shemir. And after him arose Jair, a Gedeite, uh, and judged Israel twenty and two years. And he had thirty sons that rode on thirty ass colts, and they had thirty cities, which they called Havath Jair unto this day which are in the land of Gilead, and Jared died and was buried in Cammon. Now then, we're going to go into the fifth period. The fifth period is of uh, Jephthah, Abazan, Elon, and about Abdon. Like I said, I'm not real good on these names. Just forgive me for that. <laughs> And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. So here we go again. Everybody's died off that was judging him. And one thing I want to bring out here, if you'll notice, all these people that rose up and freed them from their oppression and freed them from the uh, the nations that were oppressing them and, and had them in bondage, every one of them was judges. There was not one, not one king among the whole lot of them, except Abimelech, and he he was self-proclaimed king. He wasn't a, a king of uh, that God had appointed, but all of these were judges, and that's what they did. They judged the people, and they did not rule over them. They judged them through and by the wisdom of God and with God's guidance. They they judged them, and and. Uh, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines and forsook the Lord and served not him. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon and that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel, and they oppressed them for 18 years. All the children of Israel 
that were on the other side Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. So they were, they were, they are the house of Ammon or the children of Ammon were uh, set on taking over, uh, taking over all the land and uh, taking over all the Israelites and uh, going to be over them and they was going to serve Ammon and they were going to uh, get rid of what they could and the rest of them was going to be servants, they thought. But, you know, God, even though, even though the children of Israel had left God and had gone chasing after every other God to be thought of. But God, you know, I mean, he gets angry with us. I know he gets angry with me sometimes. And I know that uh, he, he really has to chastise me sometimes. And, you know, but the thing about it is, is children of God, it was just like when I was growing up. I, I got a whipping from my mom and dad pretty regularly. I was uh, uh, mischievous uh, and uh, and got in trouble a lot, especially just about just about every time I went to church, I ended up getting a whipping when I come back home. <laughs> and you know, but the thing about it is, is I thank God for every whipping that I got from my mom and dad, because <coughs> without those whippings, without that correction, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And, you know, God had to, the children of Israel, they turned their back on God and went. they went chasing after everything to be thought of uh, for the simple fact that it was, like I said before, it's just a whole lot easier to serve a God that, you know, you really didn't have to worry about it getting mad at you and, and destroying you or anything like that as long as, you know, and you went through the, the, uh, the pretense of worshiping something and you know you made these long prayers and and you done all this stuff and then you went off and you had fun and you know even sometimes you know some of the gods that you worshiped you had fun while you was worshiping them uh, because you did uh, ungodly acts uh, while you were worshiping these idols and these gods and that's what the people were after they were after you know it's just like today today People today are after uh, the easiest way into heaven. They don't want to have to be as live a strict life as uh, Christians do. They want to take part in the uh, worldly things. They they want to take part in uh, in the parties and uh, the drunkenness and uh, the the revelings and uh, all this and the sexual exploits and all this stuff. They want to do all this stuff, but yet they want to go to heaven. And you know we we've got to we've got to take the time to sit down, and we've got to take the time to read the the Word of God and find out just exactly what it says. And we have got to be a a different people. We can't go in and ask God to forgive us of our sins, and then go out and live like the world. The Bible says we can't do that. You can't serve God and man can't serve God in money. You can't serve God in, in worldly things. You can't do it. You have got to serve one or the other. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. The blessings and the cursings. Which one do you want? And, you know, 
we say, well, we, we want the blessings. I, well, everybody does. I mean, that just that's just common sense. Everybody wants blessings. Ain't nobody wants to have to put up with curses and, and bad times and things like that. But yet we want God to bless us and give us everything. All the time we are chasing after everything of the world and uh, after the worldly desires and everything. And, and we, and, you know, we're all right. We're going to heaven. Uh, we go to church on Sunday. We go to church on Wednesday. We take part of all the different things that the church has. You know, so we're all right. We're going to heaven. And we ask God to forgive us of our sins, and he has. Well, why are you still sinning? If God forgave you of your sins because the Bible says that we need to ask for forgiveness from our sins, repent of our sins, turn from our sins, and sin no more. No more. Do away with the world. Don't go chasing after things of the world. Uh, you know, and, you know, this This is the one thing that the, the people have just not grasped a hold of. It's the simple fact that we have to get away from the world and we have to be a different people. We have to be a peculiar people. We don't get out and and take part in all the things that the world has, all the drunken parties and the sexual parties and uh, the drugs and uh, all this stuff. Uh, we don't take part of that because we are a separated people. We are different. Come out from among the world and be you a separated people. Do not live like the world. Do not act like the world. Do not talk like the world. Do not smell like the world. Because let me tell you something, one, one of the one things that I say all the time, if you haven't never heard it, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it swims like a duck, it's a duck. And there's nothing you can do. You can put lipstick on it and pretty clothes and, and paint its, its web feet and all you want to. It's still going to be a duck. So, you know, there's nothing you can do to change it. But, you know, the thing about it is it's, sin there's something that we can do about it but we've got to want to and we've got to want to change our lifestyle and we want to we've got to want to be different and and we've got to want to follow after the lord and not everything of the world so the, the children of israel they, they were trying to play both sides of the fences here they knew they knew that if they went out and started chasing after these other gods and had their little time of pleasure and everything, and somebody would come in and start oppressing them and everything, they knew that they could call upon the Lord and they could get rid of all their idols and they'd start serving him again, and, and he would come in on his white horse and he would save them and everything would be fine 20, 30, 40 years, and then... Uh, somebody would die and they'd say, well, you know, we ain't got nobody to follow, so let's go make us a God and start worshiping it. Listen, don't follow man. Follow God. Follow the Lord. Don't follow man. Man will lead you wrong. Don't follow me. I, I will lead you wrong, trust me. But the Lord will never lead you wrong. But they... they they got into another mess because the Lord sold them into the hands of the Philistines and uh, Ammon, and they were they were vexed and displeased and all that, and so they cried out to God. In verse 10, And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God 
and also served Balaam. Now then, how many times is it that they have turned from the Lord and went back out chasing Balaam and Ashtaroth and all those other gods and everything and, and got in trouble and the Lord had to go in and save the day? Well, you know, <laughs> we need to watch out. We need to be very careful because we might get the same response from the Lord that the children of Israel got. Verse 11, And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the children of Avon, and from the Philistines, and the Zodians, and also, and the Amalekites, and the Moanites did oppress you, and you cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. You know, I, I listen, <laughs> I get... Uh, I, I don't know what the word is, but every once in a while uh, I see people, they, they are continuing on a lifestyle and you are trying to get them to understand that the, the life that they are living is not going to take them to heaven. And things start coming against them. Uh, their, their family life starts falling apart. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, just they're, they, keep, they start having all kinds of money problems and People starts coming into their lives and and uh, messing and middle, meddling within the family, and the family uh, gets all in an uproar and everything. And then we go and we cry to the Lord because of this is happening. But yet we say that we are serving the Lord, but we are chasing after everything to be thought of. And you know, if we continually do this and continually and continually, you know. I see people doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> I just want to smack them and say, hey, wake up. If that ain't, didn't work the first time, it ain't going to work the next 15 times. So quit doing it. Try something else. And, you know, that's what the Lord is trying to tell them here. Listen, I've done all this stuff for you. I delivered you out of the hand of all these different nations and everything. And I blessed you, and I fed you, and I kept you closed. I give you everything you needed. And you turn around multiple times and go chasing after other gods and the good times and all that. Fine. I am not going to do it. I am not going to do it no more. I'm not going to deliver you. I am not. You go and you take and you cry unto your gods. You cry unto all those things that you've been chasing after, all those people that you want to party with and all those people that you want to do drugs and alcohol and have sex with and the almighty dollar. You go cry out to them and get them to help you. I'm done with you. You know, and the Lord is trying to wake these people up and get them to realize, hey, it's, there's, there is a point in time when, you know, that's it. That's it. I'm going to cut you off. That's it. People, neighbors, children of God, if we aren't very careful and we aren't living the life that the Lord wants us to live, 
That's going to happen to us one of these days. Listen, there are people, if you go over into Revelations and you read Revelation, I believe it's in Revelation, but there's people that's going to stand at the great white throne judgment and they're going to argue with God and, they're, and when God says, depart from me, I never knew you, they're going to tell God that they uh, they uh, healed the sick in his name and they preached the gospel in his name and they sung songs in his name and they done all these great and mighty works in his name. And he's going to look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you because they crossed the line and they liked it and that's the way they went and they left God behind. Yes, Lord, yes, you can be a child of God, and you can lose your inheritance. I don't care what preacher tells you. Uh, if we go on and, and uh, get in over into the New Testament, you're going to find out that, yes, you, you can become, you can lose your uh, citizenship as a Christian, and even though you've lived for the Lord and you've done all great and mighty things for the Lord and at some point in time you turned your back on him and you went out chasing after the world and everything and you left this world without asking forgiveness, hell is going to be your home. I don't care what nobody tells you. That's Bible. But he told them, he said, you, you have cried to me and all these different times and I came and I helped but no more no more you have forsaken me and served other gods wherefore I will deliver you no more not again no way no how go crying to the gods which you have chosen let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation let them deliver you let them uh, take you out and and set you out, set you up, and bless you, and give you all these things that I have given you. Let them gods that you serve, let that almighty dollar pay your way into heaven. Let that almighty dollar uh, heal your diseases. Let that almighty dollar heal your family. It ain't going to happen, people. The only one that can do those things is Christ Himself. And we need to be following him. And the children, verse 15, And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and served the Lord, and his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. His soul, the Lord's soul was was grieved because of the misery that the children of Israel was in. God grieves for us a lot of times because of the misery that we have. Even though we have gotten ourselves into it, we have put ourselves in a position to where that we are in misery, we are in torments, and we are in, in uh, all these things that comes against us when we uh, walk away from God even though we we've done it to ourselves all we have to do is ask God to forgive us and mean it not ask God to forgive us just because uh, it looks good or just because uh, you know that's what I'm supposed to do just because you know we the Bible says to come to him with a contrite heart a broken heart and an humble spirit. Humble yourself. 
come to him and let him know that you have messed up and you really need help. But, you know, until we get to that point, until we get to the point that we figure out, that, you know, hey, this is my fault. It's God had nothing to do with this. I walked away from him. Now then, I need to get back to him. And we need to turn our life around, and we need, need to quit chasing after those gods that we're chasing after. We need to ch quit chasing after the drink and the pills and, the, and all the different things that we chase after out there in the world, the women or the men. And we need to turn our life around and go back to following the Lord and looking to him. You may not be a, you may not get to be a millionaire following the Lord, but let me tell you something: money is not everything. Listen, money money don't mean nothing. Money is going to pass away. Money is not uh, money is on the way out. Let me tell you. I mean, just be honest and upfront with you: money's on the way out, and people are going to try to. Uh, do everything they can to hoard up money and hoard up everything they can, it's not going to do you no good because it's all going to pass away one of these days. It's, it's not going to save your soul. It's not going to help you not one bit. But hanging on to the Lord and following him and doing his will and keeping his commandments and statutes and judgments, that's what's going to last. That's what's going to last. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how big a house you got. It doesn't matter how much power you've got in this world. God don't look on those things. God looks on the heart. Who is who? God looks on the center of your life. Who is in control of your life? Who is making you do the things that you do? Who is making you make the choices that you are making? Is it God? Or is it Satan? Is it blessings or is it cursings? You know, which one is in, which one is in control of your life? Jesus or Satan? Yes, Satan comes against me. Yes, he tempts me. Yes, he, he tries me. And yes, he, he does everything in his power to get me to fail. But it's not going to happen. Because, let me tell you something, nothing in this world is worth losing my soul over. Nothing. Because in the end, it's God, and that's it. So whatever you do, turn your heart and life over to, completely to God and follow Him. Well, so would be 17. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and the princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will fight, begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Who's going to come out and fight for us? The one that will come out and lead us into battle shall be the head over us. He shall be the judge of us. He shall be the one that tells us what to do. 
He's going to be the one because the one that comes in and, and helps us fight, we know from experience, is going to be a man of God. So he he's going to be the one that's going to be over us, and he's the one that the Lord is going to use and, and lead God and direct him in the way that he would want us to go. That's where our... That's where our ministers comes in. That's where our Sunday school teachers comes in. That's where we come in as children of God. We're, we're supposed to help our neighbors. We're supposed to help those that are in need. We're supposed to help our brothers and sisters carry their burdens. Even though we have burdens of our own, sometimes ours is not as heavy as someone else's, and we need to help them carry their burdens. Quit worrying so much about me, 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 and I, 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 and Worrying and start worrying about everybody else, checking on everybody else, making sure everybody else has just exactly what they need. Quit worrying about me so much. You know that's that's our one that's our one biggest God in this world is ourselves, and we would rather um, give. You know, if we, we if we was down to our last fifteen dollars and we were going to go buy something to eat and and die, and we ran into somebody uh, that uh, was in a whole lot worse shape than we were, would you give them the money to help them out, or would you hoard it up for yourself? Think about that for a while. Jephna. <laughs> now, Jephna, the Gilead, was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Jetha, and Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jetha, and said unto him, Thou hast not inherited, thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jetha fled from his brethren, and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Jetha, and went out with him. <laughs> Ain't that just like the church today? Christians, somebody ain't just exactly what we think they ought to be. You need to go sign you another church somewhere else. You you don't need to be here. You don't you don't dress like us. You don't smell like us. You don't look like us. You need to go find you another church somewhere. I it's it's unreal how many people that are in hell right today because of somebody in a church that said something along those lines to that person and they walked out the door and never did go back in that door again and never gave their heart and life to God because of what they were told by that person. Let me tell you something. When they stand before, the, before God in heaven, they're going to have blood on their hands and they're going to have to give an account for why that they told that person that they needed to dress different or they needed to cut their hair or they needed to do take a bath or they needed to do something different before they came into the church. I've, I've heard so many people. Let me tell you one, a real good one. The lady had gotten custody of her, some of her family's child just able to walk through four or five years old maybe took him to church dressed him in the best that he had and took him to church every sunday morning she was there at church every sunday night 
She was at church. This went on for quite a while. One day, one of the deacons met her at the back door as she was going out with this little boy, dressed in, in very good clothes, very clean little young man. She was, she was a, a clean woman herself and dressed nicely. But they told her that if uh, they didn't have a suit on this young boy, not to, not to bring him back to church anymore. I pity that person when they stand before God. That I let me tell you something. Don't you ever do that. Don't you ever do that. You welcome them them in. I don't care how they smell. I don't care how they dress. I don't care what they look like. You welcome them in. And you treat them like they uh, they were the president of the United States. Because let me tell you something, people, children of God, you ain't no better than they are. You might be clean and you might have nice clothes, but you ain't no better than they are. They're going to go to the same heaven or the same hell that you do. Now then, it's your t place and it's your job to make sure that they hear the word of God and they make sure and to and make sure that they know that you love them no matter what they look like. There was a pastor who took over a church one time. And he nobody knew exactly who he was. So a couple of services before he was to take over, he uh, dressed very poorly. And, and smelt rather badly, and he visited the church on, on Sunday morning on two occasions, looking like, looking like somebody that had slept out on the street and not had a bath in quite a while. Hair was all matted and everything. He did this on purpose just to see the reaction from the people in the church. So, and you know what, people? Let me tell you something. That person that comes in and, and they don't look the best and they don't smell the best and they their clothes are really, really bad and everything, that could be an angel just to test you and see what you would do. So you don't, don't never, I don't care, don't never judge anybody. You know, I used to, listen, I used to be the world's worst judge. What I seen the first time I seen somebody, that was my. That was what I thought about that person, and I was down on people that uh, dressed uh, questionably and had tattoos and all over them and and uh, ear piercings and all this and everything. Well, let me tell you something. The Lord got all over me one time over it. I mean to tell you, he, he raked me over the coals and he let me know right real quick. That that person, if that person could get saved, that they could be a witness to people that I could never even get close to. So let me tell you something. I had to do some real quick asking for forgiveness and telling God I'm sorry. So let me tell you something. I see people now. I see them in a totally different light. I don't look at their tattoos. I don't look at their clothing. I don't look at their ear piercings. I, I, I wonder, oh, hallelujah. I wonder, God, is that person saved or not? And, Lord, if they're not, help me to be a light to where, the, to where that they can see you in my life.
So I don't look at people the same anymore. And let me tell you something. I know a pastor right now, wonderful man of God, Oh, and, and works with the homeless. Oh, he's he's constantly doing work with the homeless, feeding them and, and making sure that they've got shelter and they're warm and everything. And, and he's got a pretty good-sized church. But he's tattooed, I think, from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. But let me tell you something. He's got a wonderful ministry, and he can meet people and, and, and get to people and witness to people that I could never, ever get close to so don't don't ever knock people for what they look like don't never knock people for what they smell like love them love thy neighbor as thyself he didn't say love those that look good and smell good and and got a lot of money and everything love thy neighbor who is thy neighbor everyone but you everybody in the world but you we got to love everybody. So, yeah, they, this, this man, Jephthah, he was a, a son of a harlot. His father had gotten with a harlot, and she conceived him and bore him a son. But yet now his, Jephthah's, uh, Gilead's wife, and had many sons, and because that they weren't, because Jephthah wasn't born by their mother, they didn't want nothing to do with him. And they told him that they, it didn't matter. He was not going to get their father's inheritance no matter what he'd done, so he needed to leave. He, need, he just needed to get out of town. <laughs> Be very, very careful what you say to people. It might come back one of these days to bite you. And it did. <laughs> God's always got a plan for everybody's life. It does not matter. Like I, I'm going to say it again. It does not matter what you look like. It does not matter what you smell like. It does not matter what kind of clothes you got on. God has got a plan for your life. All we have to do is turn everything over to God and let him be in control of our life and not worry about all the other stuff. As I said, as I've said quite a few times, don't sweat the small stuff. And you got to remember, everything with God is small. There's nothing huge in God's vocabulary. It's all small stuff. No matter how enormous it seems to us, it's small to God. And he can, he can deal with it with a thought, with a wave of his hand, a touch of his hand. It doesn't matter. He can deal with it. He can. There is nothing impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with God. So Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. Verse 4, And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch who? They went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. 
Here he was. They have kicked him and run him completely out of the country. He went to a different place. Now then they're going to go after him because they are in trouble and they realize, hey, this is the only guy that can get us out of this trouble. So you see, be very careful. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. <laughs> and I, I would be just like Jephthah. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me, and expel me out of my father's house? And why are you coming to me now when you are in distress? It's just like we are with God. We don't want nothing to do with him until we get in trouble, and then we want to go to the shelf, get him off of the shelf, dust the dust off of him, start praying to him, start going to church, start reading our Bible and everything, and asking him to help us and, and get us out of this this trial and tribulation that we're in and then when we get out of it and everything's going good we take jesus and we put him back up on the shelf and we say the next time i need you i'll come and get you well just like jesus told the israelites here we're going to go back to get jesus one of these days off that shelf and he ain't going to be there and you're going to be in trouble because he ain't going to be nowhere to be found and you are going to have to deal with whatever you have gotten yourself into by yourself. And no, it is not going to be fun. But God is getting getting really tired of America, children of God, mankind, treating him like a spare tire. We will take him out of the trunk and put him on the car when we need him. And then when we get the other one fixed and everything's all right, we'll put him back in the trunk till the next time we need him. One of these days, we're going to go to the trunk to get that spare tire out, and it's not going to be there. Or it's going to be flat, and it's not going to be usable. Because we have just played around on God and played around on God, and he's gotten tired of it, and, and he said, no more. You're on your own. You got yourself into it. You get yourself out of it. <coughs> so, Jephthah told him, he said, And why are you coming to me now when you are in distress? And the elders, verse 8, And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? Or in other words, shall I be in charge? Am I the one that's going to judge Israel at this point in time? And the elders said unto Je Gilead, and the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us. If we do not so according to thy words, then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him the head and the captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord, 
in Mizpah. So yeah, be careful what you what you say. Be careful what you do. Because God will bring it back around to you at some point in time. Those things that we say in haste and those things that we do in haste and and we think that you know that it is our job to do this we don't consult god uh we just go ahead and make a decision you know the children of israel got into that um got into that same position uh with some of the other tribes that was in or the uh, nations that was in the land of the promised land because they they made themselves out to be something they weren't and uh israel made a pact with them uh and didn't didn't ask God for guidance in the situation. They just decided, well, do you know this? This is just something that's real small. We'll just do this ourselves, and and we won't have to bother God with it. Yeah, and it turned out to to bite them. So you know, it does not matter how big or how small we think it. Everything is. We need to take those things before before the Lord, and we need to ask Him. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And, uh, you know, a lot of times the Lord will, will tell me to do something. And um, I won't do it right then because I want to make sure. Um, I know the Lord may get uh, aggravated with me sometimes because I take a lot of time uh, sometimes to do something. I know when I started, when the Lord started dealing with me on this podcast, it was about, I don't know, about six months before I ever started uh, really doing anything about it. But I want to know for sure, Lord, is this you or is this just me? Because my biggest fear is doing something uh, that I have dreamed up instead of something that God wants me to do. And, you know, Yes, I, I, I guess I get in trouble a little bit, but, you know, um, let's face it. I'd rather be in a little bit of trouble now than a whole lot of trouble later because if I, if I hold out a little bit, I'm not telling you I'll do this. I'm telling you this is the way I do things. And if I hold out just a little bit, um, it won't come, the Lord will make it perfectly clear that this is what he wants me to do, and I'll end up doing it. But, you know, I know I probably shouldn't be that way, but like I said, that's me. And I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, this this is what you got. It ain't much, but this is what you've got. And But you know what God tells me? He says, that's all right, son. I can work with anything. I can do anything. Nothing is impossible with me. I can take you and I can make you into something that I can be proud of. This is God talking to me. I can take you and make you into something that I can be proud of. And you know, that's the one thing that I desire. Well, that's one of the things that I desire from God is for God and my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, to always be proud of me. You know, I, I, I always go back to Job because when Satan and God was talking and God asked Satan, said, what, what have you been doing? And put my own words. He said, going to and fro, uh, seeking whom I can devour, basically. And God asked him, said, have you considered my servant Job? 
He's an upright man, and he eschews evil. Satan told him, said, listen, God, I can't do nothing to him. You've got a this huge hedge around him, and I cannot do nothing to this man. I can't touch him. God said, tell you what, I'm going to take the hedge down from around Job. You can do anything you want to, to him except take his life. And I'll guarantee you that Job will still worship me. And say, no, there ain't no way. God said, you'll see. Job lost everything. He lost his. He lost all of his servants. He lost all of his cattle. He lost his uh, uh, his daughters. He lost a lot of his buildings. He all, when it come down to it, all he had was a a big wash tub full of ashes with pieces of clay that he was scraping the boils that was all over his body. Wife come out and told him, said, "Why don't you just curse God and die?" He said, "You you're a foolish woman." The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, he went through some hard times, and he went through some troubles, and, and he got down, and he got to complaining a little bit, but in the end, he stood fast on what he believed. And he believed that no matter what, that God was going to take care of him. So Satan throwed everything that he had at Job, and basically Job laughed at him and still praised the Lord. That's who I want to be. God was very proud of Job. God knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Job would not falter, that he would stand tough. He knew that, or he would have never told Satan, have you have you tried my servant Job? He was very proud of Job. And that's what I want God to be in me. You know, I, I just think sometimes, you know, I would like for God to say to Satan, have you tried my servant Ted? But, you know, then I, then I ask myself, have I lived the life that Job lived? Have I lived the life that Job lived to, to where that God can be proud of him, to where God would say that about him? And then I wonder, I wonder, could I really go through everything that Job went through, not complaining no more than what he did, and still hold fast to God? Could I do that? As far as myself is concerned and my thoughts, I, I, I doubt that. I don't have enough confidence in me to be able to do that. But see, there again, it's not what confidence I have in me. It's what confidence God has in me. And that's what we need to stand on. God, how much confidence do you have in me? Listen, I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this, and I hope you all enjoy it. And until the next time, God bless you.